Amen. Good morning, church. Let's thank God for the beautiful music ministry that we have heard this morning. Uh, so much difference in the world that ways in which, which we can reach out to God. So let's thank God for all of our musicians. Amen. I want to thank uh, your pastor, the Reverend Carlin Day, for the invitation to be here this weekend. Uh, it has, it's, the day's gone fast. I initially thought, oh, three services, and, uh, but it's gone, it's gone fast, and it's been a joy to be with your elders and deacons yesterday. Of course, I want to acknowledge uh, your regional minister, the Reverend Bill Roseheim uh, of the greater Kansas City region, who is my colleague in regional and general ministry. Uh, Bill serves the church faithfully and well. Uh, beyond the region, and I'm grateful uh, for his colleagueship and the partnership uh, in ministry that, that he demonstrates. I'm also very excited to have uh, my good friend, the Reverend Dr. Rodney Williams and the Swope Parkway Church worshiping together uh, here with you at Country Club. Uh, and as we begin our time together, I invite you to stand uh, for the reading of the scripture, if you will. And nowadays we carry the Bible on our devices, right? So um, if you have the text, Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 9, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Updated Edition. Hear the word of God. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall, shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nation shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now, as I said... <laughs> It's a long text, as Reverend Catherine said, but I'm sure some of you thought, wait a minute, we usually hear that text around Advent or Christmas. Uh, I'm a big fan of understanding that the full story of the gospel can be told anytime, regardless of the liturgical calendar. This particular sermon 
um, came to me through the Holy Spirit at a time when I was invited to preach for an Advent service in California. And you know, preachers, you'll identify with this. When the lectionary offers up a text that's one of your favorites and one that you're familiar with, you're like, oh, good, this is a gift. But I always challenge myself to hear what God is saying differently. And I have been encouraging the whole church since January of 2020, uh, during our February of 2020, during our general board, I gave a state of the church address and I said, we must imagine who we must be as a new church for a new world. And three weeks later, we were all in lockdown. <laughs> so imagining became necessary. Imagining was not just Disney Imagineering. Imagining was going to be survival for our church. This text gives what Walter Brueggemann calls the prophet's vision of the alternative society. Brueggemann, famous theologian, Hebrew Bible scholar, he's a friend to disciples. He's been at at least one of our general assemblies to preach. He says that the prophet's task is not just to critique the empire or to talk about what's wrong with society. The prophet's job is to paint the picture, to cast a vision of what the world can be because of the movement of God. The prophet Isaiah, in talking about the Messiah's coming, is painting a picture for us of what the world will be like once the Messiah comes and who the Messiah will be, how he will live out those things that God has called him to do. I've entitled this sermon, A Model for Our Movement, because I think we're the bold people, Jim Wallace of Sojourners once said, you guys are audacious enough to just call yourself the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. That's a lot to live up to. But if indeed we are the disciples of Christ, we are followers of Christ, we not only need to be familiar with Jesus' teaching and the Gospels, but I think this vision of the prophet of who the Messiah will be and the difference that the Messiah will make can help us to understand who we must be as a new church for a new world and what that world can look like because of Jesus and because we are Jesus's followers. Important things about what this text says about the Messiah, the spirit of the Lord will be upon him, in him, through him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Richard Rohr, Catholic priest who's a deeply spiritual uh, being, says that it's not about finding the presence of God because the presence of God is always with us. It's about being aware of it and connecting to the presence of God. Jesus connected to God through prayer and study of scripture. Those of us who know what it is to struggle with your weight and health, you hate to have people tell you, well, you know what? It's just about diet and exercise. <laughs> but it's true. It's about what you eat and how you keep your body moving and healthy. The same can be true for us as Christians. And from the beginning of my time, I've been talking about the need to be spiritually mature to constantly be in a state of spiritual development, of having a, a spiritual discipline of prayer, 
so that we, like Jesus, can have that relationship. When Jesus says in John 17, Lord, make them one, he also prays that we would have the same relationship with God that he had with God. Lots of time in prayer, study of the scripture. When Jesus is questioned or asked difficult, uh, put in difficult scenarios, he always responds first with a word from scripture. Jesus is not afraid to counter attack, or not attack, but counter those who are hypocritical and want to try to get him. Jesus is not mean. Jesus is a truth teller. He's a bold and courageous person, but he's fed by the spirit of the Lord and he is grounded in the word of scripture. Disciples, we say we're people of the book and we're not people of the book in a dogmatic way. That means that we just don't have a standard interpretation for everything that you have to sign up for. Rather, we invite you to the table to discern and work through the text together to learn so that I might hear what the Spirit is saying to you. You might hear what the Spirit is saying to me. And together, as we grow and move together, and as we deal with the issues that face our society, we are all hearing from God, grounded in this relationship, in the presence of God, in the Spirit of God, and grounded in the Word of God. A couple of other things about this Messiah, things about Jesus that we need to know and, and model ourselves after. He shall not judge by what his eyes see nor decide by what his ears hear. That's a tall order, isn't it? How many times have you made spot decisions based on just what you see of a situation? Or you've heard something that maybe Someone has told you or has been told to someone else, and you've already made up your mind what the problem is and how to solve it. Whatever our predisposed prejudices and biases are in the world, we have to remember that the one whom we follow, the prophet says that this one will with righteousness judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. These aren't just broad concepts of justice and equity and not prejudging, but having compassion and love. This is who Jesus was. This is who the prophet told us he would be. And it's because Jesus lived into that vision that we follow him today. So what does the world look like once Jesus has come? Those of us who are of a certain age are familiar with a painting called the peaceable kingdom. And people often misquote the text and they talk about the lion, the lion lying down with the lamb, but the text actually says it's the wolf. That's an even greater contrast. All of the animals in this picture are natural enemies. They should not be in the same space together. They normally would not be. Their differences, their appetites, their ways of moving in the world would have them at each other's throats. They have warned each other about one another. The mother of the lamb has said, oh, stay away from the wolf. The mother of the ox has said, you get away from that lion. What have we done in our world? How have we lifted up differences among us and told each other, you be afraid of those people? In some cases, there's real practical reasons why we need to have fear. But we have too often made our human differences deficient. 
We talked yesterday, my friend Julia Middleton, who does work in what she calls cultural intelligence. She has a wonderful saying that I quote like I quote scripture. She says, you are not the benchmark for all people. Did you know that? That God didn't intend for everybody to be just like you, to think like you, to look like you, to value the things that you value. How do we reflect the limitless love of God if we insist that everything is like us? How do we value the limitless love of God if we are in judgment of those who are not like us? How do we value the limitless love of God if we cannot, as Jesus did, decide with righteousness and faithfulness that we want to work for equity for all? Too often, we are comfortable with ignoring the differences. We are comfortable with deciding that those differences don't matter, or we're comfortable with continuing to perpetuate the idea that differences are deficient. And we're comfortable when injustices prevail. We're comfortable with silence because it's just easier to do that. The world that Jesus envisioned for us is as big as God's own imagination. We have to start with what we think about God. All those omni words, omniscient, knows everything, omnipotent, all power, omnipresent everywhere. I believe all those things. I believe that God is bigger than anything that we can imagine. I believe that there is nothing too hard for God. I believe as the angel told Mary, with God all things shall be possible. So if we can learn to understand that amidst our differences, we can model what the world will look like because Jesus came. Disciples, we say all are welcome at this table. We say, pull up a chair, everyone is welcome. But we're silent when other people try to keep people from this table because of a difference that we've decided is deficient. How does that fit in with the model of the Messiah who does not judge with what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with faithfulness and righteousness works for equity for all? Judging the poor with righteousness. The lion eating straw with the ox. I love that particular image because what it says is that the lion is doing something he doesn't normally do as part of this engagement with what is different. Today, you may have heard music that you weren't used to hearing. You may not have heard a pipe organ before. You may not like pipe organ music. You may have heard a little gospel rhythm. You may not have stood up and clapped in the sanctuary before. But if a lion can eat straw, can we not clap together? If a lion can eat straw, if a lion can eat straw, can we not sit and enjoy the beautiful tones of a pipe organ and music that we perhaps have not been introduced to? If a lion can eat straw, can we not go out into the community and determine what the needs are, even if we're not familiar with that community, either because of race or socioeconomic status? 
Can we not be where the people who need the love of God are? If a lion can eat straw, if a wolf can lie down with a lamb, God is calling us to be in places where we would normally not choose to be. Why? Because we are called to bring this peace, this love, this limitless love of God to all the world. What I want for our church more than anything is that people will look at us and say, wow, how do they do that? we got black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, old people, young people, LGBTQ. We've got people who speak English, people who don't speak English, people who speak Korean. Did you know that in our North American, Pacific, and Asian disciples, we have 18 different languages that are spoken within our denomination? We're all in spaces where we are different. And if we can choose to love and bear witness to the power of that collective difference, because we are but a reflection of God's glory in all our difference. What kind of church do you think we need to be? Can we imagine that we could make the world that Jesus envisioned? Can we imagine that the prophet Isaiah was right and saying that we can actually have a world where despite our differences, we can be in places that we were previously uncomfortable in and people will look at us and say, how is that possible? And we'll be able to say it's because of God. It's because the power of the Holy Spirit and it's because God so loved us that we reach out and we know that we must love you. That's the church that I want. That last verse says, the earth will be full of the knowledge of God. And that can only happen if you are bearing witness to the love of God. That can only happen if you are comfortable in the discomfort. If you are willing and committed to ensure that our differences are never named deficient and that we don't keep anyone from this table. The peaceable kingdom, the model for our movement, I believe we can do it, church. But we must yield everything that we are and everything that we have to the power of God and be committed to bear witness to God's limitless love. May it be so. May this indeed be the model of our movement. We say a lot of wonderful things about who we are as church. Let's be the church that we say we are. Amen.